Hey, it's Mastin. Welcome to the Mastin Kid Podcast. If you want to take your first step uh, on your trauma-informed journey, come to claimyourpowerbook.com and get my book, Claim Your Power. There are uh, a bunch of awesome free bonuses with that, including a 40-day coaching journey with me that will get you started on your trauma-informed path. Claimyourpowerbook.com. Enjoy. It's awesome. I put my heart and soul into it. And if you want to really start your journey to do your trauma work, claimyourpowerbook.com is the place to go to get my book, claim your power, and to get a bunch of free bonuses, including free coaching with me for 40 days. Please enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Masting Kit Podcast. I'm your host, Masting Kip, and I am the creator of Functional Life Coaching, where we discover the root cause emotional blocks that are holding you back from success. And I'm also the creator of Trauma Hacking, helping you turning your nervous system into your ally, and the best-selling author of the book, Claim Your Power, and also a trauma survivor advocate. And this podcast is from my heart to yours. I'm going to share with you all kinds of different things, uh, different coaching uh, experiences that I've had with people, um, different parts of my life, maybe an excerpt from a seminar, different interviews with friends and thought leaders, all about how to get unstuck, how to hack your nervous system, how to turn your nervous system into your ally and really get the edge so that you can really live your dreams, uh, live your purpose, and most importantly, pay it forward. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. One favor I have for you is this. If you love this podcast, remember to subscribe to it. And if you feel called, please feel free to leave a review because reviews really matter, helps us spread the word and helps other people really discover this podcast. So if this was valuable to you, please feel free to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. And if there's anything in this episode or any episode that really strikes you as an aha moment, shoot us an email to hello at mastinkip.com. Tell us which episode it was and about what time, uh, the breakthrough was in the episode so that we can really know because I'd love to hear from you what your aha moments are. I love hearing that. And my team loves hearing that too. So without any further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Mass and Kip podcast. Which part of you is most responsible for taking action? Which part of you? Do you remember? Yes, that's right. My hands? No. <laughs> that's right. The nervous system. Okay. So your nervous system. So what we're noticing is no matter what you're trying to achieve in your life, it could be romantic, financial, business, it could be you know, weight loss or energy, whatever your goals are, the nervous system is what's going to help you either become an ally to achieve it or to become an ally to keep you safe to not achieve that goal, but an ally in safety. And so what we're working on is going from understanding okay, to embodiment. Who follows? Does this make sense? Right? And you're getting a taste of what that's like because yesterday, we had two different somatic processes where you felt shit. Who felt shit yesterday? Let me see if I show hands. And is there a difference between understanding what a feeling is and actually feeling it? What do you think? Big time. Okay. So that is the process that we're talking about for embodiment. But remember the analogy I used yesterday, I used it in the context of showers. If you took a shower six months ago, it didn't not work because you're dirty today. It's because you got to take a shower, hopefully at least once a day. I'm hoping. Minimum if you're like a teenage boy a couple of times a week, but I hope you're showering at least once a day. Okay. At least once a day. I know when I was like a teenage boy, like 13, I was like, shower, who needs a shower, right? We don't need a shower. Right now I do like probably at least two a day. So just be mindful of this idea that there's a magic bullet because embodiment is a lifestyle choice. It took you however long you've been alive to get your nervous system to this state. 
And it's going to take time to build the pathways of embodiment where we go from cortical understanding to subcortical emotional shifts and changes. Who follows? Does this make sense? Okay. And I think the other analogy I gave was the idea of with, you know, blonde hair, whatever, and roots coming in, like there's a consistent upkeep, which I did. When I first got the hair, I was like, I'm good. I didn't know that I have roots coming in. And I was like, oh my God, this is like a whole other problem, right? Anyway, so that helps us go from an inflexible to an inflexible nervous system. Another way to say it, of course, is from cognitive to embodied, from you understand something to where you're actually doing it day to day. And when we look at the neuroanatomy of the brain, the cortical brain, which is, by the way, that's part of our ventral system, right? Is executive function and thinking and creativity, problem solving, all those things are up here. But until we get the goodness in the subcortical part and in the affect in the body, then it doesn't really go anywhere. Because what usually happens is your prefrontal cortex will have, oh my God, the greatest idea. Who's ever had a huge idea, big idea, Right. And then when you start to go do that shit, you're like, "Mm," and then all of a sudden your brain's like, here's all the problems that could happen. Who's what I'm talking about, right? That's because the fear, the trauma, and the negative emotions or the uncomfortable emotions are what's embodied where your frontal cortex is like, I see it, but we got to get your body and your lower limbic system on board to feel safe to move forward. Who follows? Does this make sense? So that when you have those visions, it's not like, here's all the problems. When you have all those visions, you're like, okay, I'm going to focus on those solutions, okay? The brain is this organ that is safely sealed inside the cranium, which is your skull, okay? With virtually no direct interaction with other parts of the body. So it's not really like talking to other parts of the body directly, except for the nervous system, okay? Or the outside world. But it's constantly processing data from the body and from the outside world. So if you remember yesterday, what we talked about was your brain pays attention to what's out here outside of you, okay? And what's in here, inside of you, and it kind of puts shit together and makes it mean shit. Who follows? Does this make sense? Now, the attachment data, meaning our historical data, attachment and relational trauma stored the back right part of the brainstem right here, okay? And it's like whenever something happens, maybe that partner of yours makes a certain face, sometimes they just get up and go to the... I have done this. So there's no shame in admitting it. Has anyone ever felt abandoned when your person like went to the kitchen, like, where are you going? Who's ever felt this way before? I mean, it's, it's honest. Let's be honest. It's, I felt that way before. Okay. And if you haven't, that's cool. Right. But like all that's stored, like unconsciously in our body goes right into the back, right part of our brainstem. And that back, right part of our brainstem is directly linked to a part of our frontal lobe, which means we go looking for our attachment wounds. Think about that for a second. We go looking for our attachment wounds. If we've been abandoned in the past, we're going to see abandonment even when it's not there. Who follows? Does this make sense? That's why we got to change the data that's coming up your body into that brainstem and go, hey, there could be other possibilities that are happening here. So we talk about seek and ye shall find. That can either be consciously or unconsciously, but either way, you'll find it. And if it's unconscious, it's usually based on a trauma response. And so what we need to shift this around is what's called multi-sensory, multi-modality integration, feelings, sounds, all of all the things, right? Visuals, all that type of stuff, which is what we're doing best we can virtually. But the entire field is shifting on the cutting edge to multi-sensory integration, which are responses to stimulus from more than one sense. So we have sight, sound, taste, smell, touch. And when we have a traumatic experience, it's usually a multi-sensory experience. Like usually, usually someone's not just traumatized from a visual. 
or just a sound? Who follows? This makes sense usually, right? I've never seen that. Doesn't mean it hasn't happened, right? Usually it's a combination of what you see, what you hear, what you feel, maybe what you smell. <laughs> okay, sometimes, you know, like I don't really like the smell of licorice, but I, don't, I wouldn't say it traumatized me. But the idea is, is that we need we are the, the traumas that we've been through, whether they're big capital T traumas or lower T traumas, are multi-sensory. But when we're younger, we don't have the neuroanatomy to process all that shit. Who follows? Right? Who here is old enough to remember modems? Anybody remember modems? Like remember and we just do that like and we just do that forever. That was back in the day when like it was exciting to get email. Who remembers when he was like, oh my God, I got an email? Who remembers that shit? You're like, I've got mail. Wow. Amazing. Right? Now it's like, how many emails do I have? Right? But back then it was exciting. Imagine like a 28K modem back then trying to download even one movie on Netflix. Right? It wouldn't be possible because the bandwidth is just not long enough. I mean, it would be possible. It would probably take like five years or something like that. Right? But it doesn't have the wiring the speed to process it. Who follows? Does that make sense? So when we're younger, you can think of our nervous system as not being fully developed. It doesn't process as much as what you can process now, which is why when we go back to remember those certain things like we did yesterday and we bring it into conscious awareness, it has a different, it lands differently because you're not three, you're not four, you're not five, you're not six, you're a grown adult who has an updated nervous system. Who follows? Does this make sense? Right? So neurons in a newborn's brain are not capable of multisensory integration. Okay. And what that means is, is that it is too much too soon when we experience trauma because we don't have the wiring. Was it your fault that you didn't have the wiring? Yes or no? No. But now it's your responsibility. Who follows? Does this make sense? So quickly, I shared with you this yesterday. When we look at like the process of multisensory integration, okay, you have your internal interoceptive sensations, okay, that are in your body. Now, by the way, your shit is happening in your body, whether or not you're aware of it. Okay. Whether or not you're aware of it. And by the way, the brain makes us unaware of most of the stuff happening in our body. Could you imagine if we were aware of everything that was happening in our body? We'd go crazy. Okay. We go nuts, but we have interoceptive sensations and we also have extraceptive or outside sensations. So we have inside sensations, outside sensations. And as we start doing this work, we get interoceptive awareness. Now, Interoceptive awareness doesn't that sound fancy? It sounds fancy, doesn't it? Interoceptive awareness. You want to know what interoceptive awareness is? It's yesterday when you're like, <laughs> and all this stuff, like snot crying, or just like, uh, or just angry, or I'm exhausted from this process, or whatever the feelings were. That's interoceptive awareness. It doesn't feel fancy, does it? It feels messy. Who thinks that shit feels messy? Let me see. Right? It feels messy. Now, the science terms make it sound nice. But there's shit in there that we're, that's coming up and it goes into the brainstem and eventually into our limbic system and we can like start to feel it. And eventually when it gets into our prefrontal cortex up here, that's where we can start to integrate it and see it from a perspective. Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information 
to the world, if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this. And hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, just make it honest. But my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world. And I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, would very much appreciate it. If you got value from this episode and from this podcast, we very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we'll see you in the next episode.